Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome. To Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Welcome in to another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. I am scrambling right now, Billy Gill, because I'm looking for the DraftKings liner. Vacation. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Good afternoon, Billy Gill. Hi, Stugatz. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Stugatz. Can I ask you a question? I don't mean to, uh, you know, hurt your feelings here, but why can't you take a vacation? Why can't you just relax, turn things off, unwind? Like, you should be relaxing, enjoying your family time before your daughters go off to college. And you're like, you know what? Big KD news. We got to talk to Shams about this. Because I love Shams. I wanted to play Sham or Scam. It's like being on vacation. We've <laughs> done that, scam. I think, 10 times already. And I know. This is the part of Stupidity where we say, well, you know, his name's actually Shams Stugatz. And then you'll ask him, is it Shams or is it Shams? I think, listen, I think it's Shams. Like, well, it's Scams not. with He's an H. told us multiple oh, times. Shams? Yes. Oh, that's, un- that's unfortunate. Can't play the game. How about Shams or No Jarowski? No? <laughs> Bad game. Anyway, how, uh, well, Billy, I don't know why I can't just take vacation. I have no idea. It's a really good question. I should just take vacation, but 
This is big news, the KD news, and I want to talk to our guy Shams and see what happened with the Heat and why the Heat didn't get him, you know? Where did you think he was going to go? Did you really think he was going to go to the Heat? Uh, I did. I actually thought the Heat really? had a chance of getting him. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go anywhere. I hmm. mean, I really am. Uh, how's the week been, by the way? Eh, you know. <laughs> it's been missing a little something. You know, it's been yeah. fun, but it's just right. you know, missing a little yeah. something. A little something, something like what? Like Dan? Nah, well, Dan, yeah, is one of the somethings. You're another something. It's just, yeah. you know, when everyone's not together, things are just a little bit off for whatever uh, reason. Yeah, uh, but it seems like you guys have been having fun. Like Amin's been doing a, uh, well, he's been working hard. It's the hardest Amin has ever worked for four consecutive days in his life. That's for sure. Amin seems to have a billion things going on at the same time. Like he has this show that he's doing this week but he has a show i think on mad dog sports radio he has a, a multiple podcast cinephile oh, double dip in yeah. i've called cinephile a couple times this week and i think it's really getting on his nerves but he has cinephobe right. he has basketball illuminati <laughs> just he seems to be quite the busy man flying across the country going home for a couple days flying back across the country right yeah. Uh, no, it's a good point you make about me uh, being on vacation because you were nice enough to do an episode of Stupidity already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and let me tell you something. There is nothing better than having your name on a podcast and you contribute exactly nothing. I mean, it's fantastic. Thank you, Billy. You're welcome. I mean, but here we are. We're doing one anyway. So <laughs> I was like, because here's the thing that I've we're banking, know. Billy. It's a, you know, it's content. I mean, here's the go. thing that I've noticed. I can't wait to hear the thing. I've noticed yeah. that even when you're gone, you never really do get times because it's like, hey, hop on a Zoom and join us for 20 minutes, join us for an hour, whatever. And you're scrambling, looking for conference rooms, looking for coffee shops, looking for wherever it is that you can join to just do weekend observations or whatever it is you have to do for the day, right? Yeah. Um, and you've gone, you've gone out of town a number of times, but I feel like you've never actually been able to get away. So I said, you know what? Last week you were out. We recorded some stuff. I knew this week you were doing more family things than last week. So I said, if I don't hear from him early in the week, which I knew is when you were going to be busy, I'm just going to do this and then we'll have it done. And if something pops up like KD, maybe we'll do something. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, you know? So it's just trying to get you a little relief because I know that the relief for you doesn't always come. Even right. when you're you're looking for it, so so you provided me with relief, and I still put myself to work, is what you're saying. Yeah, so, right? you know, you just wanted me to take a week off. Well, right? this is this is why I think you're never going to die, because I feel like there's not that many people that die while talking, like mid sentence, and right. I feel like that if you just never stop doing, and I don't think it has anyone ever died in the middle of a podcast or doing a sports radio show. No, I mean, there's a time I thought Hank Goldberg did, but he was alive. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, too, too soon? soon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the hammer. So I think that your thing is if I just keep doing shows and just never stop talking, it'll never catch up to me. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> just a, keep talking. <laughs> not a bad plan, right? Well, it's funny, Billy, because I'm always pacing around the house. I'm always moving. I'm always on the move. I'm walking to nowhere, but I'm always on the move. Yeah. And it's the same philosophy there. It's like, hey, if I just keep moving and I keep just keep talking, I'm never going to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that, that's it. I mm -hmm. mean, pretty good. I mean, and so listen, I'm alive. Like I made it to 50, Bill, which is exactly five. If you told me when I was 20, when I make it to 50, I would have told you, eh. Coin toss, but here I am. I you mean, didn't think still you... walking, still talking. Yeah, you didn't think you were going to get to fifty. 
I was right in the middle of it, Bill. I mean, that was the middle of me <laughs> touring with the Grateful Dead. I huh. mean, there are times where I felt like it was a, like I was, well, like I died. But I kept talking, I kept moving, I kept shaking, I kept dancing, I kept smoking, and here I am. Uh, how about that? Your life is like a filibuster. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Just trust me on this one. It's fine. What's a filibuster? Yeah, I'll explain it to you later. Want to talk right. to Shams? I would like to talk to Shams. I'm very excited about this. He's a good friend. He's always there for us when we need him, even when I'm on vacation. <laughs> Let's talk to Shams. Filibuster. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks, gather around. Everyone gather around, listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me, you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How are you, dude? Your hair looks great, man. Why are you always worried about your hair? I mean, your hair looks fantastic. Hey, man, listen, you never know. You never know if it gets messed up. <laughs> yeah, but your hair can't, like, Billy, look at that hair. Is this hair perfect? Every hair is in place right now. I could never. I, I just got a haircut like two days ago. My hair still would not look that good. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm jealous. What do you mean you never know? You're sitting inside. It's not like you're outside. You never, you never know, man. The wind, the air currents. Wind the inside. You're inside the fans, your house. The in the house, you know. You never know. <laughs> how, much time, how much time do you spend on your hair? Honestly, it's like two, three minute process in the morning and then I'm good rest of the day. So yeah, like the whole, that, yeah, yeah, you have a whole routine. Does it start the share night Share that before? exact science with us, yeah, right? Yeah, what do we do? No, I mean, I, 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 I just blow dry my hair. That's all that is. Mm. Really? Uh, I, I mean, know. look at me. You're talking to two slobs. Look at yeah. the two of us. <laughs> well, it's, it just, it doesn't stop at the hair on your head because your beard is perfectly groomed. It's not, it's just, just the right length, like kind of stubbly, but not too much. Yeah. There's hairs that I are out of I place. can't do the dark hair. I can't do the dark. I mean, I've tried to grow out my beard 
come come back if i grow this up like another week it's just it gets really really dark don't so do anything I don't know if i can do that what you're doing yeah, right now is yeah. perfect keep doing that yeah it's i'm gonna leave it at that it's working out well for you shams i mean the look everything i mean shams i'm wondering because the news uh well it broke this morning a little bit last night uh with chet with uh chet holmgren and i'm wondering how mad the thunder should be uh that he'll be missing the entire season here I mean, it's it's just brutal, Stugatz. I mean, to to me, I mean, for that to happen, you know, during a pro am game in the middle of the summer. I mean, you're only a month away from training camp, so for that to happen, just brutally difficult for for the Thunder for Chet Holmgren. Um, he's gonna be out for the entire season. And I I do think, listen, could he, you know, rush his recovery process and try to make it back in in four or five months? Like I've I've heard that theory a little bit in the last twenty four hours, but I think the Thunder as an organization, they've taken a very cautious approach chet holmgren with an injury like this you want to make sure when you come back you're 100 healthy so um definitely it, it's it's tough news in the short term but a guy like that seven 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 one with the body type that he has i mean him and zion have really special uh i think unique body frames and so they have to put a little bit more time a little bit more energy in terms of how they activate their body on a day-to-day basis and i think this is an unfortunate uh, injury, and hopefully he can he can get better and heal up soon and make a full recovery. Is it going to lead? Do you think it's going to lead to teams not wanting their players to do this kind of stuff? It was three on three. They, like teams not wanting players to do this stuff during the offseason? I mean, I feel like that's like a every summer conversation. Like Clay Thompson tears Achilles in 2020, right. um, you know, just playing five on five. DeMarcus Cousins, I think in 2019 – similar uh tears his acl playing five on five with the when he was when he signed to deal with the lakers i mean this is just a part of basketball i think sam presti said it today in his press conference like injuries happen anytime you step foot on the floor injuries take place it's just unfortunate a guy like chet you know the body type that he has um he's gonna deal with a lot of rigors once the nba season starts so i mean he was playing like daily i mean when you talk about five on five in those private runs that he was he was playing in in la and then you play in pro-am games um this is just unfortunate this is just the the byproduct of when you play a lot of basketball you make yourself more susceptible to injury uh it's interesting man i'd be so upset right now if i well obviously for him and and if i'm that organization uh shams i wanted to get into kd with you here because um it's such a fascinating and interesting story and you've been uh, all over it of course and it's been great to you know kind of sit back and watch you work my man you've been killing it um i'm wondering if you can explain to me and the audience how did we arrive at a place where kd was so frustrated with an organization that a he chose and also a coach uh, that he chose, but also teammates that he chose. How did we arrive in that place? I, I think, uh, you know, it's a complex situation, right? Because if you look at it the last two, three years, yeah, Kevin Durant has a lot of, um, you know, from the outside perspective, there's a lot of power that comes with being Kevin Durant on the Brooklyn Nets. But you look at what's kind of taken place since, the, let me just look, let's take a look at what's happened since the season ended. They get swept against the Boston Celtics. And then after that, um, like really within a week or days, uh, his, uh, you know, Adam Harrington, an assistant coach on the Nets, a guy that's been known as a Kevin Durant confidant. He was with him in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, they have a long, long history. Adam Harrington gets fired from his position with the Nets. And then a few weeks after that, uh, Sean Marks, the GM, gives a press conference, uh, basically, you know, saying that Kyrie Irving, they need to make sure they're going to commit to him. They want him to be available. 
Um, and, and basically that they need to re energize and, and re re ingrain the values of the Nets culture that they had over the last four or five years. And I mean, what's changed in the Nets culture the last three years, it's the arrival of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So, um, I don't have full clarity on whether Kevin Durant took slight to that, but that is an event that occurred. And then directly after that, I think you have to look at the negotiations with Kyrie Irving and the lack of a long-term deal. It really took a long time this offseason for the Nets and Kyrie Irving to seriously engage on a long-term contract. And he had a couple different scenarios, a two-year deal, a four-year deal. Obviously, they were not able to reach agreement on a deal. And either way, it wasn't like, like he was getting a fully guaranteed offer. I think both offers, whether it was a two-year deal or a four-year deal, had whether incentives non-guarantees based on triggers um, in those deals. So um, you add those three things up. Those are things that happen. Those are facts. And I think you have to look at those as playing a part in Kevin Durant's disgruntled status. And then when he asks out of a trade on June 30th, you know that it goes beyond basketball because the one guy that Kevin Durant stayed in communication with throughout his you know uneasiness over the summer was Kyrie Irving. So whatever Kyrie Irving decided, he ended up opting in. It's clear that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they were making moves in terms of, you know, at the end of the day, they're both self-interest, right? Because Kyrie Irving was entering free agency. He had to do what's best for him. And Kevin Durant, you know, after his, his, his close friend and confidant, Adam Harrington, gets fired, and what tra- transpires over the offseason, the difficult ending, he makes a decision that he feels is best for him in terms of asking out. And no deal gets done, and I think that you could look at as a byproduct of – the realization that there really was nothing that was on the table that the Nets were going to move on. And so Kevin Durant and the Nets realizing like our future in another month is probably going to be the same thing. And so why make it uglier than it needs to be? Let's resolve this situation sooner than later. Why were the deals not there? Why do you think? Well, I mean, when you look at the teams that had significant interest, right? Like let's go down the list, Boston, Miami, Toronto, Phoenix, uh, Memphis in the last couple of weeks. Um, who else am I missing? I mean, those are really the principal teams, right? And when you look at Boston, they just went to the finals. Um, I, I think that they had a threshold uh, that they were willing to meet. You look at Jalen Brown, Derek White in a first-round pick. But if you're going to give up a Marcus Smart along with that or a Robert Williams along with that, I think they felt like that was too steep of a price. Even though it is Kevin Durant, this is a team that just went to the finals. So that was really the best offer from everything I've been told that Brooklyn had on the table. And then when you look beyond that, Miami, Bam Adebayo would have been the centerpiece, but the Nets can't take Bam Adebayo because of the uh, Ben Simmons situation and the fact that he's on the roster, they can't right. take another right. player on the de- designated max extension. So you have that situation. And then Toronto, the only deal that would have made sense from the Nets' perspective is Scotty Barnes, and Toronto was not willing to put in Scotty Barnes. And then you look on and on. Phoenix, th- Brooklyn never really had, I'm told, interest in a DeAndre Ayton deal. He ends up getting off the board anyway. Uh, and really the only thing you're left with is Mikhail Bridges and four or five draft picks. And that didn't really appeal to the Nets. And then uh, when you look beyond that, the Memphis Grizzlies, they were unwilling to give up Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain in a deal. So when you Crazy. look down the list and you look at all these teams that are willing to make offers, but just not willing to satisfy that high, high pr- asking price that the Nets had, I mean, there really wasn't a choice. I think the realization that the offers just were not going to be at that high level and, you know, the flip side could also be that the Nets set those high price tags maybe because they really didn't want to trade Kevin Durant. And right. they were making these, uh, you know, I, I have heard around the league team executives say, like, 
the Nets asking price may have been overly high because they really didn't want to move him. But I, I do believe, you know, a team like Boston, these teams did have windows of, you know, Toronto. There was a window. If Toronto's willing to give up Scotty Barnes. I think there was a deal to be had. These teams just were not willing. And I think at the end of the day, both sides realized that. And I think the realization was that your best opportunity to win a championship is going to be in Brooklyn. And Kevin Durant, the Nets met on Monday in L.A. And I think this was a meeting that was long overdue. This should have happened weeks and months ago. But the fact yes. that they were able to get in the same room, air out their grievances, I think in the long run will help them. Shams, did the Knicks try to get in there? Did they try to make an offer? They figured, hey, the Nets aren't dealing them to us. No, I, I, I think there were calls made. The Knicks did make calls on Kevin Durant, from what I'm told. But I think the real, I mean, I think both sides were cognizant. Uh, they they didn't really have enough uh, because listen, the they had Nets, the picks they, though, Shams. They have the picks. The, yeah, if, yeah, but but if the Nets wanted picks, they could have moved right. Kevin Durant yeah. to Memphis for five first. They could have gotten a handful of first rounders from Phoenix. I think if it was a pick laden deal, I think they could have done multiple deals. I think even Minnesota before they did the Rudy Gobert deal reached out to Brooklyn and made a similar offer for Kevin Durant. But it was obvious if if the Nets, if Joe Sy, Sean Marks, if they're going to move Kevin Durant. They wanted a top-tier all-star type player, which I guess you could say Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, those guys are that type of player. But then along with that, they wanted high-level rotation players. They wanted all your draft picks. And so when you're thinking about a price that steep, a deal was just incredibly difficult. And maybe in, in past years, there would have been a market for this deal. In this summer, there wasn't. Were the Heat even close? The last time... Stugatz, the Heat called the Nets was right around Summer League or even maybe even before that, which is, I mean, a month and a half ago, a month wow. ago, right. over a month. So, no, I mean, they 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 never really aggressively pursued um, a deal because I think at the end of the day, they knew they would have had to gut multiple players, right? And I think Stugatz, another part of this is if you're Miami or if you're Boston, you know, you've already proven these are two teams that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So if you're Miami, let's say, for instance, you can go get Kevin Durant for a Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Max Struess, and maybe another piece. Is that you get get Kevin Durant? And I, I think Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the world. Um, Jimmy Butler, one of the best players in the world. Kyle Lowry, I think, will have a bounce back here. But does uh, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant bring you closer to a championship than Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Max Truce? What do you think, Stugatz? Uh, give me that first scenario again because I know the current roster. Yeah, the first scenario would, I mean, at the end of the day, something around Kyle Lowry, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, or yeah, the current. That, I'm, I'm closer with the first one, with Kevin Durant. because Really? Because of, Interesting. I mean, Kevin Durant's – listen, it's why I got so mad that he left Oklahoma City. Like, he's a, he's, he's a generational player. He didn't need to go to Golden State. He didn't need those guys' help, okay? Uh, Kevin Durant would have won titles with Westbrook and James Harden or West or just Westbrook. Um, they were up 3-1 against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. So, I think, yeah, like, it, like the fact that Memphis didn't give up Desmond Bain to get Kevin Durant, to me, is ludicrous because Kevin Durant and John Morant probably won a championship. Just know? imagine that. Imagine getting Kevin Durant and John Morant. Now, listen, I don't know at the end of the day, does Brooklyn do like Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, and like four or five first? I don't know the answer to that. But if you want to go get a guy like Kevin Durant um, in Memphis and pair him with John Morant, uh, you have to put your best foot forward, I think. But, yes. um, you know, clearly what Memphis is building, you know, I got to give credit. What Memphis is building, what Zach Kleiman has built there, 
I mean, they ha- they're well positioned now. They're well positioned in the future. They're going to have a lot of salary space in the years to come. A lot of draft picks. Like, there's a lot of long term flexibility. Uh, and the moment you get Kevin Durant, Stu guys, you know how it goes. Like, you bring Kevin Durant to any team, it's championship or bust every year. So, you know, if you feel like you're building something organically, do you really want that? Like, you know, pressure right out the gates. Um, and listen, I I agree. You know, I can see your perspective, right? You bring Kevin Durant on a team with Jimmy Butler. And Kyle Lowry, that might bring you closer to a championship. But I think clearly uh, the Heat decision makers weren't as didn't have that same level of conviction um, as as I think we might have. You know, when you look at a team with no, I do think that you can look at both sides of it too. I mean, a team with Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Bam. You know, I, I think I think even Kevin Durant would have wanted to play with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, not without Bam on the team. So. Um, I, and I think that's just based off common knowledge and, lo- and logic. So um, it, it, it's a, it was a tough scenario. But at the end of the day, no, none, of the, none of these teams stepped up to the capacity that the Nets needed to move a guy like Kevin Durant. Uh, Billy, which team would you rather have? The one with Durant? It's Durant, Lowry, and Jimmy Butler or the current Heat roster? <laughs> I mean, give me Durant. The one with Durant, yeah. <laughs> the one with Durant. We'll figure it out. No, and it's Shams. It seems like you're with us. Listen, I know you're a reporter, I'm, and I get it. I'm but, kind but of, I'm kind of split. I, I listen. I think Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the world. I, I think it's listen. I think I'm going to go back of, about you know back to the, like the people I, I talked to around the league, and I think there was a lot of split opinion on Miami and how they would look post KD trade. Like if they if they put all these chips to the table, right? Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Max Struess, because that's really what it would requ- it would have required from a Brooklyn perspective. They would have wanted every last asset that you have, maybe even first round picks with that. Right. And so if you're if you're Miami, um, I do think you know when I talk to league executives, this is going back at summer league in early July. I think league executives were definitely split on whether that's a good or bad move for Miami. And if league execs and people around the league are split. I think, and if it's not a no-brainer, and you already made it to the conference finals with the team as is, you're already trying to build from within. I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one. It's honestly a coin flip. It's got to bruise his ego a bit. The fact that teams weren't willing to give up. Like we're, I think the three of us are sitting here saying your team's better if you have Kevin Durant. And the fact that teams weren't willing to give up guys like Tyler Hero, draft picks, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson to get a generational player, a top 10, 15 player of all time to me seems seems patently absurd. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I mean, he's still there, man. Listen, I don't know if he's rethinking things or, or what. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think the best you way You should to rethink it, Kyrie is what he should rethink. But anyway, go ahead. That's me saying it, not you, Shubs. I think the asking price was so high. I think maybe a thought is, did they even want to trade me to begin with? And so I think that the realization that there was never going to be a deal at the end of the day, it was going to be impossible for a team to really meet that asking price. I think that realization seeping in uh, over the last, you know, 72 to – you know, plus hours, I think probably is what led to the meeting on Monday is what led to Kevin Durant, both sides airing out, you know, how they feel um, in that meeting in LA. And I think that ended up being the way that now both sides I'm told can, you know, exited that meeting really refocused on next season. I think that's the thing that matters most, but there's no doubt there's going to be pressure on this Nets team. Every last move from media day onward is going to be scrutinized and looked at. Um, there's going to be pressure on everyone uh, with the Nets from the roster, Steve Nash as coach, Sean Marks as, as general manager, like uh, ownership. Everyone's got to be better, I think. And, and I think that's what you have to talk about in meetings like this. 
Shams, do you think Kyrie eventually finds his way over to the Lakers? Because like people are still saying that for whatever reason. I mean, I, I think I think there was a realistic window, uh, a realistic chance for the Lakers possibly to have gotten Kyrie Irving, but it would have probably had to have taken place before his opt-in. Uh, because once the opt-in occurred, you know, from everything I've been told, it was just a complete focus on, you know, 22-23 with the Nets. And and I think now, I, I, you know, I can never predict the future. I think this is all fluid. I think things can change at, at, at any moment in terms of, like, over the next six to eight months. Um, but as of right now, the Lakers don't have max salary space. I, I, you know, after the Pat Beverly trade, they're going to have, I think, roughly 34 to 35 million in cap space next year. Kyrie Irving's max contract, I believe, is going to start in the 46, 47 range. So they're still going to be 11 million short of that um, in salary space next year to go get a Kyrie Irving on a max deal next summer. So does Kyrie Irving take less? I don't know. And I don't know how the next six to eight months play out with the Nets either. Like if they're, they're gangbusters right out the gates and they're playing at a high level, they win the championship, like that'll change everything. Winning cures all. So I think the next. This season is going to dictate a lot. I can't predict the future. Um, I, I do think there was a point in time this summer where the Lakers were looked at as a realistic option. But I think once the opt-in took place, the focus became, and I think Kyrie Irving locked in on next season with the Nets and uh, you know having more dialogue with, with the team, with the organization, working out with, with his teammates this summer, which he's done. So um, I can't predict the future, but I think for now, Kyrie Irving – is 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 you know definitely going to be a net have you heard at all whether or not katie's a little frustrated with kyrie irving just because he's not there all the time like is there any of that going on within that organization i mean i haven't heard that i mean you know when you look at it from a logical perspective i think not having kyrie irving available full-time i think throughout the organization it was difficult to deal with i think sean marks even said that publicly in mid in mid-may in his press conference it, it was tough for them to play without Kyrie Irving. This is one of the best players in the world. So I, I think not only for Kevin Durant, but I think anyone, James Harden last year, I think he talked about it publicly, the organization. Um, but I know their relationship is beyond, you know, basketball too, right? So, you know, factoring that in, I think they have a relationship that transcends just just basketball. Uh, apologies for my dog, Finney. He gets very excited when we talk about Kevin Durant. Uh, Billy, this is, I'm going to spend my entire season sitting back and rooting against the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that I like, by the way, because what I now want Why? jackasses for not giving up Desmond Bain to get Kevin Durant and pairing him with John Morant. Now I want the – this is what I want the Grizzlies to have to watch. The Nets and the Warriors play in the NBA Finals. How about that? I want them to have to sit back and watch that and think, hey, that could be us. But no, we didn't. Desmond Bain. <laughs> Seriously, they're idiots. Sorry. I just felt like going off there, Shops. Uh, Shops, quickly, Knicks, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Anything? Anything there? They're they're in pursuit, in heavy pursuit. I mean, the wow. Knicks have been trying to get Donovan Mitchell for the last month, month and a half. And so, um, listen, I think Utah does have other deals on the table, uh, potentially, that could be just as intriguing as the Knicks. But I think when you look at the totality of what the Knicks have, they have young players like Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, they have draft a bevy of draft picks, four unprotected picks of their own. They have four other picks from from other teams, so eight total picks to use in a trade. They, from from what I'm told, they've already made five of their first round picks available, two unprotected, along with Obi Toppin um, and additional salary. So, how much more do they need to add to that to make a deal done? I think they need to put more in. That's what I'm told. Utah is asking for more. So, I, time will tell. There's a month before training camp. 
Um, but I do think that those conversations, especially once Pat- Patrick Beverly got traded, I think those conversations will continue to escalate. How did that? How did we arrive at a place where Beverly goes to the Lakers? How did that kind of come about? There is that is that a guy LeBron wanted, coveted? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers targeted Pat Beverly, especially once the Kyrie Irving situation unfolded the way it did, and he's staying in that. You know, you have to move on to other options. I think Rob Plink of the Lakers wanted to improve this team. I think you go get a culture setter like Patrick Beverly. He had a big, uh, you know, voice and a, a big responsibility in Minnesota last year. You bring a guy like that over. Um, and I think Taylor Horton Tucker needed, needs an opportunity like Utah, a guy, a, a guy that needs more of an opportunity to have the ball in his hand. I think Utah will be able to give him that. I think we're all seeing Utah moving more toward a full rebuild, right? And so um, two, di- two teams going in different directions, and I think this deal does accomplish uh, a goal for both sides. Uh, check him out, senior lead NBA writer, insider for the Athletic and Stadium. Uh, Shams is with us here. Uh, the team that improved the most in the offseason, what do you think? Oh, man, you put me on the spot there. That's a great I really question. Did. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're a basketball um, fan. I know you're, listen, I know you're a machine, you're a robot, you're not supposed to have opinions, but it's okay once in a while. I, I keep uh, no, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me make a. Oh, you look at you really team that improved the it would most. have been the Grizzlies if they traded Bain for Durant. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a few. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm, how about this? I'll, I'll go with a few. Okay. I'll say I think Boston improved getting Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. Uh, yeah. I think those are big pickups. I think Philadelphia improved. You get PJ Tucker, Daniel House. Like they were able to improve their team without doing anything. They didn't make a trade. They just were able to use the money that James Harden gave back and give it to other players. So, you know, kudos to James Harden, did what's best for the team to win a championship. I think he's putting his money where his mouth is. Um, I think Atlanta improved getting DeJounte Murray. Um, I think the Clippers improved and Denver improved just based off getting guys healthy. I think both of those teams, to me, are going to be two of the top teams in the league. Denver getting back Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Clippers getting back Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's going to be big time. So, uh, those are probably my picks right now for for the teams to me that mostly improved this summer. Uh, I have a quick question for you. I, I'm not certain I, because I am convinced that if you wanted to transition to the NFL, I'm just going to ask you, okay? If you <laughs> wanted to do what you do for the NBA because you're the best in the business, okay? If you wanted to become Adam Schefter, let's appreciate say, you by the way. Got it, man. But if you wanted to become Schefter, could you? And how long would it take you to arrive at Adam Schefter in the NFL? Man, I I think what they do, like Ken Rosenthal in baseball, what what Adam Schefter does in football, like I, I don't I don't think I can do everything. I don't think I can do NBA and then still do NFL at the same time. So for right. me, I've picked my path. I I love the NBA. I no, like basketball. You chose wisely. I, I, you chose wisely yeah. in this ridiculous <laughs> scenario, though. I have you bailing on the NBA, going to the NFL, and trying to become Schefter. Could you? I think you'd be bigger. I have a better game. I have a better game, Stu. Okay, <laughs> let's hear it, Billy. Okay, let's hear it. Um, he you, s- you switch places with Ken Rosenthal. Who's better, <laughs> Ken Rosenthal on basketball beat or you baseball? Listen, man, I love Ken Rosenthal. Shout out to the Athletic. Shout out to Ken Rosenthal. Um, listen, for me, I always try to have tunnel vision. I only focus on myself. I only try right. to be the best I can be. So, um, I mean, listen. It's you. It's I, you. It's you. It, I, it is. Listen. We'll say it. Whether it's NFL, MLB. I love what I do with the NBA, though. So I'm going to stick with the, with the NBA, you know, politics, you know. I think, I think listen, 
I'm always going to try to be the best I can be at anything I do. So, right. That's, but Rosenthal, that's he's, not, he's not breaking down any NBA walls. I mean, he's just not. He's Rosenthal. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Ken Rosenthal guy, though. So am I. Me too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an OG in the game. <laughs> Me and Billy love Rosenthal. He's done on the MLB side, what he's done on the MLB side has been has been big time. But listen, I, I what's crazy? I actually grew up loving the MLB, like playing fantasy baseball, like. In high school, I was like religious about fantasy baseball. Like literally every day, like I used to love managing my managing my team. Like it was, it was like a religion for me. Like I was so obsessed with fantasy baseball. That's something I've never said on any show, Stu guys, by the way. But like literally, I probably had no life in high school because of my obsession with basketball and the NBA and fantasy baseball. So that's a first. <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you something. So Stu Gatz has hired someone to run his fantasy baseball team for him. Yes. Smart so, man. I mean, he's a smart man. Because yeah, but that you. doesn't count. If he wins championships, that doesn't count. Wait, wait. Well, hold on. No, Shabs is saying I'm smart because I hired. He's a hired gun. He's my general manager. Baseball is too time consuming, man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. So, 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 so. Listen. On one hand, I agree with you, Billy. I think that's a cheap way to win a championship. On the other ah. hand, Stu Gotts. Listen, he loves fantasy baseball. I love fantasy baseball myself. But me, I don't know if I could take that route. I have all all the respect for Stu guys for taking that route. But me personally, like I love like we like living and breathing it, like yeah. setting my lineups, like trying to win a championship, making trades, like being a GM. Like that was fun for me. So I don't know if I could hire my own GM, but for me, like once I started to do the NBA stuff more and like go to games and reporting when I was a you know junior going to going to my senior year of high school. I just, I just couldn't like, I, I've always been very one track minded. Like, so I couldn't, I couldn't go like 50, 50. I had to go all in. Unfortunately, I had to give up my uh, fantasy baseball dreams after that. Mm-hmm. Right. Too time consuming. I look at you, Bill. I mean, Way I too time who, consuming. It's man. worked out I, for I you it. though. I it's it's out I, I, he, yeah. Listen, this guy Inferno has won five of the seven years he's been in our league. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know who Josh Rojas is. What do you want from me, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> my team, my team had Evan Longoria every year as my team. Yeah. Roy Holiday. Yeah, I used Doc. to love him. I used to draft him every year, trade for him every year, loved him. Right. Uh, I think those are really my two like mainstays. Like every year I played fantasy baseball, but uh, what's it? Freshman year of high school through senior year of high school. I love well, you, you had out, you had like decent friends because if I would have picked up on the fact that every year you get Evan Longoria or Roy Holiday, I obviously would reach and take them like a, a round early, just knowing I could get. <laughs> oh you yeah, see, 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 that part is true. But you gotta say I was the one who was doing the reaching though. Like, yeah, I was the one who was drafting them like way earlier, like going out of my way to trade for them. I was like obsessed with like Evan Longoria at third base, like always, you know, hit a bunch of home runs, great on base percentage. I did everything for you. Stole like 20 bases too. Roy Holiday was just a machine, reliable, always playing. So like, Sugats, like those are like the only two baseball players I can probably break down like back in my head. Like Roy Holiday would never miss a game. Like you could always depend on it. Shout out they Roy were, Holiday. They were staples on your fantasy team. <laughs> staples on my fantasy team. I love how um, much you dork out to baseball, dude. It's great. Also, rest in peace, Roy Holiday, by Yeah, way. rest in peace. Yes. Right, right. Fantasy baseball is really the hardest of the fantasy because like fantasy football, you it's yes. just luck. Injuries, Once a week, you just, yeah, you just exactly. wake up on the Sunday and set your lineup. Set it you know, get it. Really yeah. I have no hired gun for that. I hired Inferno because I don't know the minor leagues. I don't know who's coming up, who's getting dropped. Baseball's changed a lot, man. So you guys, did, you, did you have that person on your league? Rosenthal, by the way. What was that? Did you have that person in your league that you always got? My dad always did John Lackey for some reason. 
which didn't work most of the time. Like because he did it late in lacking. His career. ERA was high for me. Always, man. he was yeah, he was reliable, yeah. but his ERA was a little too high for me. Yeah, yeah. So so the guy I always had, Billy. This is why I had to hire Inferno. So I did it for like sixteen years. I won one time. I got lucky once. Okay, but the guy I always reached for because it was going to be the year he stole a hundred bags was Tony Womack. I mean, that was the guy I always went. You're for. old. <laughs> You're an ass. See, I'm nodding, but I, I don't I don't know I, I don't know if I ever had him on my team. Sean doesn't even know who Tony Womack is. Look him up, youngster. <laughs> Shout out fantasy baseball. Oh God. I want to have you on again just to talk baseball if we can do that, okay? Fantasy. Listen, I just what I what, what I need to do is I need to go back and find my roster and then yes. like all the players that I had, it'll jive my memory back and then like because yes. one year I did win the championship of fantasy baseball. It'll jog my memory back, and we'll just have a full zoom just on my roster. We'll just yes. like Done. I'll like break down all the players to the like like it's it's like machine like NBA like I Done. I know uh, all my guys. We can't get there soon enough. Please let us know when you find the roster. Okay, I want to do this tomorrow. Right, <laughs> I'll do to it. <laughs> all right, uh, anything you want to promote on the way out here? Again, senior lead NBA insider, writer for the Athletic and Stadium. Uh, Shams with us here. Uh, anything to promote on the way out, my friend. Nothing crazy. Um, shout out to the athletic. Shout out to stadium. Got the Telly Awards in the back. We did a. I did an AT and T commercial uh, yeah. for it with with, with stadium. The stadium produced. It got those Telly Awards. Um, shout out to Telly Awards. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, we appreciate it. Appreciate as you guys we, having me. Thanks. I told, I told you via text, and I'll tell you again, man. It's been a a pleasure to see to sit back all summer and watch you uh, watch you work and do it better than anyone in the business, man. We appreciate it and uh, keep the information coming, my friend. Appreciate you, Stugats. Thank you, guys. Who knew Stugats? Shams, big fantasy oh. baseball guy. Sorry, you asked me to do an outro and I was just sitting here looking at wires. <laughs> <laughs> You're still trying to figure out the wire situation. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, who knew? Right. That was very exciting. I can't wait to break out my like 1999 fantasy baseball roster. You guys will know no one on my team. Tony Womack is the guy I broke out. I was looking it up and I saw he retired, I think, in 2006. And I was like, man. How old was Shams in 2006? <laughs> how old was he? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking this up right now, actually. Yeah, how, old, how old is Shams? I mean, that is one good-looking young man, huh? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know so why he, I said that. He, uh, he was born in 1994. So in 2006, he was 12. Well, I mean, Tony Womack. I mean, come on. I don't, yeah. <laughs> he retired in 06. <laughs> I said 60 bags. Did Womack ever steal 60 bags? You said 100 bags is what you thought that he was going to steal. I, did I? Yeah, let's see what Womack's career high was. I'm looking it up too. I can't get there soon enough. Tony Womack stats. I haven't looked them up in forever. Oh, what an exciting day. You know who else do got to say always somehow ended up on my team was Mark Burley because he was always going to pitch 400 innings a year. Yeah, yes, but innings wasn't a category, so who cares? Wow, Womack stole 72 bases in 1999. Yeah, That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 72, How- a 58 the year before, and 60 the year before that. Wow. What did a- you say? What did you say Shams was born? 94. So when he was five, he stole 72 bases. When he was three, he stole 60 bases. When he was four, he stole 58. When he was five, he stole 72. Stupidity.
Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.